boys and girls to Shotcast, episode 206, right? Uh, trust, your, trust your instincts, your, your witcher instincts. They would have proved you right, so. Yes, I am your host of the most, Georgie Menace, staff writer at Foolishhoppers.com. Joining me tonight is a, is a two-man raid happening. My co-host, video guy. We're not going raiding because House of Wolves does not have a raid, so I don't know, more it's like an expedition or like a strike or I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, so. Whatever, whatever the way is, obviously. So I'm so against three man strikes. That is an odd thing. Uh, yeah. Video games came out this week. I kind of don't care because I'm all about The Witcher. But you know what? We have a routine. We have a format. Do it. Just tell me what. <laughs> all right. So for the new releases that are not Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Uh, so for the releases for next week, which is May uh, 24th to May 31st, 2015, we've got uh, Badland Game of the Year Edition for PS4 and PS Vita. Uh, Octodad, Deadliest Catch for PS Vita. Uh, I just wrote about that today, so it's exciting. Uh, Don't Starve, Giant Edition for Wii U. Uh, Serpent in the Staglands for PC, Mac, and Linux. Uh, Splatoon for Wii U. The Fruit of, Gr- of Grisaia uh, for PC. Legend of K Anniversary for Wii U, PS4, and PC. And that's it. That's all we've got. A pretty, pretty light week. Yeah, light week. I'm going to go with The Witcher 3, Ryan, because The Witcher 3 is a <laughs> That wasn't test for next week, but yeah, I'll, I'll excuse it. Like, my ears didn't even perk up. Like, I just, just bloop, whatever Ryan just said, just way over my head. <laughs> I'm going to go with Splatoon, uh, because I'm really, I, you know, it really seems, uh, so that's, that's the new uh, Nintendo Wii U exclusive coming out, and uh, I got to play it at last year's E3, and I played it a couple times. It's really fun. It's a really cool, like, crazy shooter. Um, I hope it does well, you know, new Nintendo IPs to be a little shaky on how well they do, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I think I hope it does really well for the for the Wii U, as well as it can do on the Wii U. So. Yeah, I mean it, it's great, you know, getting exclusive titles, and it's just kind of like great you're on the Wii U, but no one played it. It was kind of like the whole shovel knight thing. Great, awesome game, and it's like we need to put this on other platforms so we can sell copies, so we can keep staying in business. So yeah, I mean, yay Wii U. I mean, I. Ryan, ask me when the last time I touched my Wii U was. That sounds dirty, Wii U, because that sounds dirty, too. When was the last time you interacted or and or played on the Wii U? A Christmas. Okay. And I drove it, and I said, no more, no mas. I well, so anyway. It just looks nice in my entertainment unit. It's not plugged in, but it looks nice. Most people are like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's my Wii U. Oh, cool. It's just a, I didn't know they added a gamepad to the Wii. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ryan, the, the Witcher is out. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Uh, Giuseppe's working on the review. We got a review copy kind of ways. Uh, yeah, I think review copies went out pretty late. It's like a 200-hour game. And uh, I think actually the only review copies that they had prior to the game release were debug PS4 uh, units. So you can only play it if you had a debug PS4. So mm-hmm. it was a little... And, you know, that, that was a little tough, I think, for uh, you know people that pl- wanted to play on the Xbox One or the PC a little bit. That's not happening. So if you're wondering where the Witcher 3 review is, it's it's being worked on. Uh, Giuseppe is going to squeeze the life out of that game before he puts it into that issue when I had uh, uh, when I reviewed Dragon Age. I had the game almost like at point. I had to decide like, alright, I need to stop doing side quests and just finish this main campaign. And <laughs> I felt dirty doing that because like usually for a game like that I like to do everything I can up until the past this point the game is over, so do what yeah. you gotta do. So 
Okay, fine, let's do it. Because of how much, you know, because you're working against the deadline and you just have mm -hmm. so much content. So which is why which is why I tend to stay away from RPGs a little bit, because I'm not I'm not a huge RPG person, and also just because like that's a lot of pressure to do in a very short amount of time. So, you know, because it, it does because most of the time you have to kind of uh, you know, either breeze through or miss most of the side missions, you know, to, to get your review in on time. So it's a little little tough, but um right now on the uh, Xbox One. Uh, I got to play it early, like, uh, I, I got it digitally, and I just, you know, I preloaded it, and then I was just kind of on my Xbox, and I saw Play Witcher, I'm like, oh, okay, and it was like at 8 o'clock or something on Monday, I was able to just kind of get in there. The, uh, the digital copies, they had it set up, so that way if you pre-ordered it through, through uh, you know, digital pre-orders, then uh, you could un it would unlock early, then the, you know, then waiting for the, the retail copies to come in, so. Pretty much all my games, because I don't... I don't really trade in trading games anymore. Uh, Joel wrote a uh, a nice piece about like, come on guys, let's just all go digital. It's it's nice. And man, I'm going digital. The only issue I'm running into right now is I'm just running out of space on my on my consoles because I haven't done yet. Or maybe more of the PS4. Your a lot of like, okay, am I ever gonna play Destiny? Should I delete this because it's taking up like 60 gigs? Or you know what I mean? It, it, that problem because both systems have really horrid download time, so it's kind of like kind of leave it off. I'm like, I'm not gonna play this game for months because if yeah. I install this next week, a day and a half, I screw it. No. Yeah, yeah. It was good that you mentioned Joel's piece because uh, you know I definitely enjoyed reading it and I think he had a lot of good uh, good uh, sort of claims about like you know the the benefits of going digital versus physical. I think it is unfortunate timing coming after the fiascos with PT and with um, what was the other one with the uh, the Gears of War remastered leakers that uh, Microsoft basically set the kill switch on their consoles. Rules. <laughs> yeah. But I mean uh, but you know I mean it, it is I think it does show kind of the the more negative aspects I think of the all the all digital future quote unquote. Um, you know, that it is like, you know, especially with PT where it's like once this game was delisted and removed from PSN and its servers and all that, like you can't redownload re it, you know, you can't access it ever again. So more probably think parts of, you know, going digital, but you know, again, it's, it, the industry is naturally going toward that. Like, you know, naturally we're, we're going to kind of like, you know, the music industry, how the majority of it now is on iTunes and like, you know, two people buy CDs anymore. Gaming will go in a similar direction. It's just gotta. Uh, there's still some some things that have to be kind of worked out and, and uh, compromised. I think a little bit. It'd be a matter of convenience. Like it, you have to show me that digital is the best option. Like a because yeah, it downloads in you know 20 minutes, so you don't have to run out, go to the store, and blah blah blah. Uh, and and 60 gigs in 20. I want your internet connection because that is like. And I can do it in a flash. It's awesome. But I think the consoles. I think they like the speed so it's just kind of they throttle the speed so it's just kind of like nope this is it, the it like, you know psn in particular is not very speedy so like you know sometimes even like four gigabytes can take me like an hour like you know when we're like you know when it's of a 256 megabyte update for like bloodborne that i was trying to play and it said 11 hours yeah it's yeah, psn it was 11 hours <laughs> psn can be a little weird like that i feel like my Xbox Live is a little bit better with that. Like, you know, things download fairly quickly, I feel like, through through Xbox Live. But, uh, you know. It depends on what you're trying to get. If a Tuesday release day, and you're trying to download something day of something coming out. Yeah. yeah. But what is not a nightmare. See that transition? How cool that was? It was The uh, the Witcher 3, Ryan. I know you. I know you. <laughs> one and two for some crazy reason. Three right now. I am digging it. I'm about eight to ten hours in. Yeah, I was going to say. So that, you know, it sounds like you're definitely in. 
a good, even though it is a quote, you know, quote unquote, like 20 to 200 hour game. Like you sound like you're at least a good, good way into the game. You can probably beat it in 20 hours, maybe less than that. But there are just so everything. Like you kind of wander into a place and there's literally just like a notice board and you take quests from there. You can take contracts to hunt down monsters. You can just help random people. Like there's just so much to do that it's just like, if you if you stick with just the campaign store, you're gonna miss out on huge chunks of the world just completely unexplored because it's all related to like a side mission. Mm-hmm. Like I had a mission for a sorceress lady who had me off, you know, I got on my boat and got onto this little island to like exercise some ghosts, and I was like, you know what, you didn't, I didn't have to do any of this, and and then we had sex in the forest because the Witcher medieval James Bond, he's just kind of like so cool and so suave. And just, you know, the ladies love... Uh... Yes, I was going to ask about, uh, aside from your, your sexual conquests in, uh, in Rivia, um, so uh, your, your 8 to 10 hours, has that been mostly uh, stuff? Have you been doing kind of a mix of, like, story and side quests and, like, just putzing around in the world? Or... It's mostly a little bit of both. Um, I got to a point where I have to do two separate things for the main story mission, so it's like, I need to go talk to this witch, and I need to go talk to this baron, and then I'm doing all the side stuff before that. But the cool thing is all the missions on your quest log give you recommended levels. So you just pick up quests, and it's like, yeah, you need to be level 22 to do this. And I'm like, well, I'm only level 6, so I'm going to keep that on the back burner. Which is good, but I mean, you can go for it. It just you, you know, you won't. You be able... <laughs> yeah, because uh, the combat is a lot better than it was in The Witcher 2. Meaning, like, I don't have to put points into anything to learn how to, you know, to learn how to dodge. <laughs> like, hey, you can dodge right off the bat. I'm like, oh, awesome, and I can parry right off the bat. That's great too. Uh, yeah, if, if you're not paying attention, the enemies can just get behind you and kill you in a couple of uh, strikes. Mm-hmm. Auto and bad, meaning like uh, when you fast travel, I think it only auto-saves when you fast travel, so unless you go in and manually quick save before any, you know, before and after most uh, fights, you're going to lose so much time, and that happened to me at least half a dozen times, where I just did 20 minutes of fighting drowners and kicking the crap out of them, and going here and going there, and then not realizing I I didn't regain my health because I forgot to meditate, because there are no potions in the game, you just kind of have to, after each fight, you meditate, you get your health back. Can, or you can eat and stuff, and your vitality slowly regenerates as you go on. Right. Yeah, gee, where it's just like, oh, battle's done, hey, your health is back. Like, no, or like, oh, let me just take a potion. No, no, you need to go into the menu, meditate. And the meditating is a lot easier than it was in a, in The Witcher 2. And, uh, well, you're still playing The Witcher 1, so you're going to see the kind of the progression of, like, yeah. The- you know, there's almost nothing, not that much crap on screen. Uh, the menus are still a bit cumbersome, especially trying to like equip stuff on your inventory. There's no, uh, there is you can set something onto it, like a radial menu, but mm-hmm. then you set things onto that radial menu, so you can just uh, going on and, and and man, it is it, the I, I'm not a huge fan of the combat. Like you have to find, you almost have to kind of like cheese your way through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would also say recommend you know maybe upping the difficulty a bit just because. I'm finding just do- I, I dodge, dodge, get behind him, hit him a couple times, dodge, dodge, get behind him. Like it, once you start seeing that you're kind of invincible during certain dodges, it, the the game becomes a little bit on the side. Amazing hardcore medieval, you know, all gray choices. Like there's no good, bad. It's just all. He just kind of like he's he's like so aware of like how shitty of a world he lives in. 
that he's just like, listen, I'm not going to rock the boat. Like, every once in a while, you'll see something be like, no, I'm going to step in. And he'll step in and do it. But a lot of times, like, you know, I did a mission where uh, we're looking for the, the, guy who, the guy who was the werewolf was actually the girl that went missing. And what happened is when he turned into a werewolf, he would go and lock himself away. But the sister was jealous because she got to marry the werewolf guy. So what she did was she took the sister to where his... And then when he turned, she tossed the sister in there, and then she died. And then at the very end of the kind of question, after you fight the werewolf, you, there's all this big confrontation. And, you know, when she reveals the fact, like, oh, no, yeah, I, you know, I sacrificed myself. I'm going to kill you now. The Witcher, can, you can either go, listen, werewolf, you need to shut up, and I'm going to kill you. Or you can just say, you know what, you guys deal with it. I'm leaving. And then she gets eaten alive, and then the werewolf says, hey, man, could you kill me, please? I feel really bad. And the witcher's like, all right, great, I'll kill you too. And then that's it. They, like, everyone died. I was just like, oh, wow, that was a really sad, uh, messed up love triangle that happened there. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really digging that game. Just those kind of, like, scenarios. And, like, I didn't have to do any of that. It was just a random kind of monster contract that you get. And uh, I like that there's more of that in this game also. Because your guy is... your your character's profession is that he hunts monsters. He just kind of gets pulled into all this political nonsense because he's a badass. But, uh, you know, think think Mad Max. He's just kind of, you know, he's not really involved in anything. He just kind of gets dragged into things, which is really cool. But, yeah, uh, well, I, know, I know a lot of people have kind of compared it to a Game of Thrones type, uh, you know, type deal where it's, you know, you go around and, you know, like, like, like you know, a lot, like one review I saw was basically it was playable Game of Thrones, which is, you know, which is a cool idea, definitely. So if you want to go and qualify for the meaning, like there's a war going on, and one and one side is clearly losing, and it's uh and you know you 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 you're doing a mission for the emperor uh Tywin Lannister, and I got to finally have that cutscene with them, and I'm like, man, what a cool guy, and like that, like that was like you're kind of intimidated by this guy, and and yeah, so you're going through a lot of these marshes, like you know battlefields after the fact, so it's just a lot of corpses and dead bodies and people trying to like find loved ones and just scavengers and monsters just kind of like, you know, just almost being like vultures coming in and just eating corpses and stuff. And you're just kind of watching yeah. this these things and kill everything in sight and, and they're after you for whatever reason. And it, it's, man, it, it's it's a lot of fantasy nonsense. If <laughs> references that you're just kind of going to be like, you know what, I'm going to have to take your word for it that this was a bad guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, actually, yeah. So, like, I know obviously you seem like you pl uh, you played at least like at least Witcher two. Have you played both both of the previous yes, games? Yes. Or, yeah. So, um, yeah. So actually, I haven't played the previous games before. Um, so this past weekend, after I finished my queue a little bit, I started uh, a little like only maybe the first hour, like not even. Um, you know, because uh, I do really want to play Witcher three. It looks really good. I just, um, you know, I, I just I tend to be the kind of the completionist person where I like to play everything in a series and know like all the story and things like that. Uh, so that was, you know, that was why I was kind of reluctant to jump into Witcher three blind. So uh, I'm gonna play through the first game, the first two games first, and then I'll play Witcher three. Uh, even though I know a lot of people that have been playing it, um, you know, have said, and even CD Projekt Red said that they've kind of designed the game to be a little bit more welcoming to new players, that, like, you don't necessarily have to play uh, the first two games to enjoy this. Though I'm sure for, like, the lore and the story and things like that, it helps. So. Yeah. Three I actually really like, because that kind of updates as the game continues, so as you find out more things about certain people, it fills in more of their bios. But, uh, and then there's also a, a part that, uh, since, you know, there's no save transfer from, like, Xbox 360 to Xbox One, they just kind of fill in the things that happen in Witcher 2 where they just kind of like, hey, it, we heard that you... Is this true? And you're like, yeah, I did that. That guy died. Okay, so, th so this guy's super dead in our story. So that just means it's their Mass Effect way of, like, okay, confirming that this is dead. This is your world. 
I'm sure they, they couldn't really do anything like uh, Dragon Age, where like you know they couldn't, they weren't. I guess they didn't really have any way to transfer like what you did from the previous game. But even Dragon Age, I'm assuming, was a little hard doing that. Oh yeah, but you well the way it worked in Dragon Age is you actually go to a website and it has all the decisions that you made in all the Dragon Age games that you just do in this nice little comic book thing, and and that's how you shaped your world. And then uh, when and then when you play Dragon Age Inquisition, you log into your Bioware account and it says, "Hey, we want you want to link to this world state you created," and then you create that, and that's how everything got transferred. That's these cloud saves. So they miss out. So you're just kind of like randomly choosing things after the, things that just sound nice to you, but you have no idea what kind of like long-standing ramifications are there for these decisions. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was the only time. Was, and then I was sitting there, I was like, oh crap, I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, but so far, you know. I mean, it, is, it is tough, because I mean, Witcher 2 came out like four years ago, so I mean, it is a, this is a long time. <laughs> uh, the Witcher 2 does something amazing where um, it's, it's split into four acts. Uh, at the end of Act 2, you have to make a decision that completely changes Act Three, meaning because uh, you get the side with one or two, you know, one person or the other, an elf mm. or uh, I think his name was Laroche. If you side with Laroche, your Act Three takes place in a military base, and you deal with a bunch of weird kings happening in that area. And then if you side with the elf, your 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 Act Three takes place in like an elven ruin, and you do more foresty nonsense. So it's like th- your Act Three is almost entirely different up until maybe the very end when it starts kind of like coming together where you don't even see that other starting area. So if I went one way, I don't see this base and, you know, and vice versa. So if I did this one, I don't see the Elven Ruin until like way late in the game. I'm hoping to see something like that and have something like drastically change, but, mm. uh, but I mean, I, I, there's just so much. I mean, they added, they added horses in this. Um, the, the, I really like the monster contracts because it's all almost like their own little like subplots, and they're all. Uh, it's a lot of Batman detective vision in the woods and using it, and then you see a little <laughs> blood. And uh, I, yeah, I think my my biggest complaint so far has just been the combat that just gets a little like. I don't want to say that it's just difficult. I feel like that it's just not fair, and it just doesn't feel like it could have used a Shadow of Mordor or a Batman style countering system because this. You can you can dodge, you can parry, and you can roll, and you know they don't really explain block and counter. If you're being attacked by wild animals, then maybe the dodge works really well, and people doing like really big super blows, then yeah, you want to do the little sidestep thing. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. None of that none of that is ever explained, and the targeting is a little finicky. Like you have to click the right stick, and that'll target a guy, and then can flick it around. But uh, if it, but if you're I could target the dogs, but not target the werewolf. Yeah. So, so, but then if I took the targeting off, he automatically faced the werewolf, but there was no indicator telling me, like, hey, you're on the werewolf now, you're not, like, free roaming around. So, yeah, that that was annoying, because, like I said, if you get shot from behind, or hit from behind, you stagger and it interrupts your attack, so you're just kind of, like, an enemy catches you in a combo, you're just kind of sitting there like it's Mortal Kombat, you're just going, blah, 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 and then you, get, then you die, and then you realize you didn't save for, like, hour, because you, you, you fast-traveled 20 minutes ago, and you're like, yeah. Fuck. Um, is it really varied in, like, the different ways you can approach it? Is it, like, uh, yeah, something like Dragon Age, where you can kind of do, like, uh, you know, you can focus on magic, you could focus on, you know, melee, you can kind of do in between, like... They definitely streamlined it. Uh, you're going to notice in Witcher 1 and 2, you can do a lot with, uh, like, you can set traps, and you can alternate with, like, kind of your, your magical abilities. This one is kind of, like, all-encompassing. Like, you don't really lay down traps anymore, uh, what you do is you have, uh, you can, like, quick throw bombs or, uh, you know, quick eat potions or something. So, you know, in Witcher 2, you can meditate 
and take order potions and do like a, this weird kind of like mini game of like taking the right combinations to and you start mm-hmm. to lose health. So it becomes this game of like, all right, because where it's like you have to give yourself just enough buffs for the situation, meaning like, oh, you're fighting ghosts, you want to make sure you put specter oil on your sword before the battle so you can do more damage on specters. So it's a lot of that. They're like, there is a lot of prep work before you go into a battle, so that's why I kind of wish there was a quick save option. Like, if the game knew I was going to fight, you know, two dozen drowners, like, hey, we're going to save right before that happens for you. We're doing you the solid. But it's like, nope, it's like you control. It's very PC game mentality. It's just like, no, you you should be hitting F5 all the time. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> uh but uh, I think, yeah, that's it. I mean, like, uh, I would definitely uh, read Giuseppe's review when it comes up because uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's really digging it so far. But uh, I think uh, I think most of the common complaints I've seen about The Witcher 3 has been that. It's just been, like, the combat can be a little lackluster. And it's always been the complaint for Witcher 3. Is, like, the combat, while not great, is still totally serviceable. They added, like, cool finisher moves and, like, this is these attacks. And it's, like, because you have to put a point in there. And you're, like, ugh. And then the <laughs> level tree so you can do... Combat focus, you can do magic focus, or you can do uh, potion focus. And then you have mutagens that kind of deal with... Uh, uh, the best way to describe your mutagens is, uh, uh, long story short, you're a witcher. They, you, they, uh, you, you were trained since birth to fight monsters, and they did these weird experiments on you, gene mutation, and then now you can fight monsters and live for, like, hundreds of years, because that's what... There's a good beard going on. Like, uh, you yeah. can... So you you shave in the game, like you know you shave, and then as you progress, your beard grows back, which is kind of amazing. So I did I, I did remember reading about the dynamic beard growth and thinking that that's 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 a next gen feature right there. You can go and uh, I know they the, the free DLC one of them is like a bunch of beard and hairstyle. So when you go to a barber, you can just kind of like mess mess around with your do, and then quest for a bit, and then you just you know you just get stubble and like my, now my guy's all crazy and bushy beard because you know I'm you know. You've been out in the wilderness killing werewolves and stuff. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm excited to play it. No, I mean especially because the reviews it's been getting, you know, from other outlets have been really positive. I mean, it's easily I've seen plenty of tens so far saying that this is like a, a, an amazing game. So uh, you know, it's probably probably a good candidate for game of the year. Probably a good bet. Uh, yeah, it's super fun. It's got every style of game. Then yeah, you're gonna find a lot to like. The combat's different from both games, but the the, the whole the whole world building and just sheer amount of stuff to do, that that's there. Like, it's a game that's going to keep you busy, and I like that all the quests all have their own little... Uh, and you'll notice that, like, this kind of common theme in the Witcher games is, like, all the quests are more than what they seem. So if, nothing is just a typical, hey, go kill this thing for me. Oh, these bandits stole my thing. And then you realize, well, you double-crossed the bandits. That's why they killed your mother, like, you scumbag. Like, so then you're sitting there, like, oh, you were actually working for the bad guy the whole time. Oops. Like, that's... <laughs> it, there's a ton of that, and, and, and you can miss a lot of that, too, which is so weird. But yeah. I like that all the zones are just huge, and then there's these, like, little tiny villages all over the place that you can just kind of skip outright, which I, I like having that option, because at any point where I'm like, you know, I had it with this, just let me just steamroll this story, and then uh, I believe you can still do these missions after uh, you beat the game. What it does, it just kind of pretends to reset to where uh, the final mission is. Final mission, leave us alone. But, uh, but yeah, Witcher 3, I'm, I'm digging it. Cool. Uh, and then you'll you'll keep us up to date on Witcher one and two when you get a chance. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure as uh, as we go on, I'll be updating and be like, "Yep, I'm still playing The Witcher." Like I'll get to I I at least want to get to Witcher three before the end of the season. Uh, let's come. Let's do some news. Oh yeah, run through a couple of headlines. It's gonna be a short podcast, I hope, this week. So uh, 
Aside from, the, aside from The Witcher 3, which has pretty much been dominating uh, all the news lately. Like a whole dozen, and before you know it's like 4 a.m., you're like, God damn it, I have work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It's coming. It's... <laughs> well, technically, there was, there was always a white Xbox. Uh, they're doing that same bundle with uh, the Master Chief collection. Uh, the uh, Major Nelson Bob revealed that the bundle is going to cost $350. It's a 500-gigabyte Xbox One with a voucher code for uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection. Um, I think I've seen kind of better bundles out there that were a little bit more included. There's actually, well, the, except the black console, for, I think, 300 which is the lowest I think I've ever seen an Xbox One go for on, yeah. on, uh, on stores, which is awesome. And it comes with Halo Master Chief Collection. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this, because I mean, like, I actually, I was considering the uh, the Xbox One until I got my PS4, and then I'm kind of, uh, I'll, I'll wait, maybe, before I get an Xbox One. Um, but uh, I definitely would get the white one over the black one. I think just because, I mean, you know, just because uh, in general, I'm kind of sick of having black. Just, <laughs> yeah, they uh, too. I mean, they finished that. I just—it's really nice. Yeah, it looks—it's it's really nice. nice. But uh, I have to dust that mother like every other day, which is a pain in the butt. Get dirty pretty quick, but uh, it looks really nice. I do like the white. I definitely like the white finish more on the Xbox than the the black. So uh, Halo works. I have Hopefully, I have three news. Uh, so The Witcher Three had some free DLC go out. Uh, if you were playing it on the PS4, you may have noticed a slight bug with the uh, Temurian armor set. Uh, so. It's the free DLC where basically you get this armor from a merchant who's in the very first town you're in. He's just kind of standing by the tavern, and you say, "Oh, here's the armor. You buy it. You're good." Uh, so yeah, it turns out when some people, for some people, that merchant is just. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, was on Twitter responding, and people were asking, "Hey, where do I get this armor?" Because it's the merchant by the thing, and it's like, "Well, I don't see a merchant." And I was like, "Well, he's there." And it's like, "Oh wait, he's dead." So uh, <laughs> armor. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it seems like there's going to be some more fixes. I've seen a lot of people complaining, about, not complaining, but like uh, saying that the, the text in the game is really small. Like it's really hard to read at, at some point. So uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be a fix for that. Maybe to either provide an option to make text bigger or just do it in general. So, And, you know, couch distance, which is what, six feet away? Yeah. I couldn't make, you can't read anything. So I was like, yeah. I have to, so I got to put it back on my desk and play it off my little monitor here, which yeah. is a game, but I'm like, I feel like they could have, Figured something out on that. I, I, I feel like they made it with like a PC monitor. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like that's, that's the like case. That. Maybe they did a, a console, you know, experience where you're gonna be like, you know, you're probably gonna be on a couch, like you know, ten, ten feet away from a TV versus you know, two feet away from a monitor. So, asked if, uh, if the beards can be shaved permanently, but why would you do that, you monster? Uh, they said no, it's not possible. You'll just have the beard. The beard takes a while to grow, so just keep reshaving it. So. Yeah, like like real life. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan, there's more Evil Within DLC. There is more Evil Within DLC. I don't know if that was my cue to... Ryan, you should know when to... Why can't you read my mind? But anyway, which is the third and the final of the Evil Within's uh, story content, uh, DLC, you know, story missions, that kind of thing. Um, so it's included in the Season Pass, or you can get it separately for $5. Um, but basically, you get, you, the game will let you... Uh, content will let you play as the box man who if you played evil within they're the big guys with the uh the like sa uh, safe looking thing on their heads and they wield the big axe they're very scary looking and, and evil within so um yeah so they released a gameplay trailer for the dlc which is coming out next week on all platforms uh and interestingly enough aside from getting to play as uh, one of them uh, it will also include first person gameplay which is uh, a pretty big uh pretty big george or the person like boxing like i just the change of that camera angle is not could not possibly help that game at all. Like, it looks, 
I mean, we'll have to wait and see how it actually looks in game, you know, but uh, the idea is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds cool. I, I didn't um, I didn't play any of the previous uh, DLC for Evil Within just because I didn't really love the uh, game that much. But it sounds like the DLC actually did some pretty interesting stuff and kind of, I think, righted some of the wrongs that like the original game. Uh, you know, since it gave you like different characters to play as and like some new mechanics and things, so that might be something where like I might pick up the season pass at some point and just play. I hate myself in order to play the Evil Within again because I, yeah. I playing it one. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't it was it was a little bit of a slog. I didn't really love it as much either. So, uh, so the first list that came around. So let's let's go for it. Ten more tracks today. I'm calling Tracklist Tuesdays. Get it? Because it's a Facebook thing, and I hate. I hate <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, Royal Blood, a little monster. Marilyn Manson, disposable teens. Kill switch engage. In due time, Marmosets, move shake hide. Of mice and men, bones expose. Deftones, diamond eyes. I actually like the deftones. Uh, Vista Chino, sweet remain. Bring me the horizon, shadow Moses. That's that's an awesome that's strife. I know the artists, like I know, like you know, Marilyn Manson, Kill Switch, Engage, Mastodon, Trivium, all those. So, uh, yeah, def- this is a definitely a more uh, heavy metal focused list. Yeah, that and, was, uh, I think that was everyone's concern. No, but it seems like they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're doing some pretty more hardcore stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It sounds it sounds like they're getting a lot of a lot of variety in there. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm waiting on pins and needles for Xenoblade Chronicles X. I actually happened i'm sorry i never like i was like <laughs> our own uh christian jock couldn't wait either he uh reviewed the japanese version of xenoblade chronicles uh he gave it a 9.5 and i wish i knew what was happening in this game because it looks awesome it's got like it does yeah and drag mixed with like monster hunter and like pso and all these other kind of badass games uh but yeah, that, that that looks good. So I, I have to get one of our animators on, just so I can like explain. Yeah, it's yeah like, so Kevin or Christian have to come on at some point because yeah, I don't, I just don't know these games as well. So could have gave Xenoblade a ten. Like I will still not play it ever. Like, <laughs> and I want to, I want to come on and just you know you know hey oh okay that's why that game is so cool and like may, maybe you can sell me on it. But like I'm looking at it from I'm reading the review it sounds like it's a good game but I just like you know when you have like zero interest in something like uh Smash Brothers like that's like but, uh, No, Xeno, Xenoblade would be cool. I uh, I've actually I've wanted to play the original Xenoblade Chronicles um for some time. Uh I just I don't really have an interest in getting a new 3DS unfortunately and that's really the only game that is on uh, out and that has been announced really for the for the new so yeah, we and and play that again so um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Chronicles X seems really cool, and I'm glad that the, the series is going to continue on, and that it won't be just one this one-off, like, kind of cult cult hit, so. Yeah. Kind of. Did they, or did they say that? I think that said they said there was an update coming. I don't know if they actually updated it, but. It was an update. If your definition of update was new news about something, then yeah, it was an update, because the news yeah. was Fantasy 15 demo in June. Which yeah. Of course, if you were a big fan of Final Fantasy XV and just clamoring for more news, you, you hate this because you already played this demo if you picked up Final Fantasy uh, Type-0 HD, which I actually tried playing last week prior to The Witcher. Here it is. Oh my god, do I hate this game! <laughs> Final Fantasy person. So I stayed away. 
Like, it was a cutscene. Basically, you're getting a war briefing about like these battling nations you know nothing about. They just assume, which is maybe my fault. They they the game was under the assumption that like I knew everything it was talking about. And, like oh, we've got Lefay and the blah 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 nation and the Fire Nation are going over here and they're going after each other. But the third regiment from the third, I'm like, I'm like I missed something. Like but yeah, yeah wow. I Kingdom Hearts ish. That's just that barely. Like, yeah, it's more. I had one guy through cards, and I was like, "Oh man, he's like Yugi. <laughs> this is awesome." So, uh, so he was really cool. And then I, it was more incoherent nonsense. And then I was just like, "You know what? I what am I doing? The Witcher's coming out soon. I don't, I don't need this in my life. So I'm gonna put that on the back burner for a while." And uh, May the 15 demo, I never got a chance to play it. Uh, it looks really neat, just because from a just a visual standpoint, it looks like really jaw dropping. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to just give that one a shot. Will I get Final Fantasy 15? Will you get Final Fantasy 15, Ryan? It it was like the, one of the least Final Fantasy looking Final Fantasy games I've seen. So I think just Vit looked really interesting because it has a more cont- kind of contemporary look than what we've seen from Final Fantasy. Um, the direction the game basically. I mean, I'll, I'll probably wait until it's out and then I'll see. I'm more personally, I'm more excited about Kingdom Hearts because I, I really enjoy Kingdom Hearts. So that's you know Kingdom Hearts three. I'm going to be waiting with bated breath for, but uh, obviously that's that's still a ways away. So uh, yeah, but if if I had to choose between one or the other, I pick Kingdom Hearts, but. I choose a bullet to the brain. Um, <laughs> right, let's see what else we got. Xbox One have sold a combined 34 million units. Are you okay, Sonny? Are you not impressed by that news? I've been doing so well. Yeah, I can tell by that ear and that, that licking and all that. Yeah, not impressed. A lot of consoles. Um, I'm hoping this console cycle lasts for a while because, I don't know, video games are nice. It's... It is. I just I hope it doesn't run uh, as long as the last gen, which l- ran way too long. Killed the uh, ex uh, DualShock or Dave Rodriguez. He said it killed this Xbox. He killed this PS3. He tried playing it. He got to a certain point, and the PS3 just said, "You know what? Too much drama. My my old heart can't handle it, and it just died." <laughs> it just died. Yeah. It's yeah. It was it was a time. It was time for new consoles. So uh, so yeah. But no, it's, it's definitely you know definitely uh, it, it's it's a good sign, especially since you know both consoles have already been selling faster than than the previous generation did. I think I think a large a large part of that is I think whenever you know a new console is up, people are just hungry for the next console, even if there aren't you know, and that uh, you know there hasn't really been that much out exclusive wise for either console. But I think people are just so like you know for the the something new that to play on. So and, and I think people forget that like the good stuff on console doesn't doesn't come out for a couple of years. I mean yeah. When- Gears, when you think of, like, uh, the PS3 and the Xbox 360, uh, you know, like, the, the really, like, marquee titles, like, Gears was a couple years down the road, and, you know, the, the Uncharted 2, I mean, yeah, you had the Uncharted 1, which is a hot mess, but, yeah, like, un, you know, Uncharted 2, God of War was forever, you know, Metal Gear took a while. Oh, you're, you're back, Sonny? Are you, you done doing what you gotta do? Okay, he's back. You broke your little buddy. I, I, I think people were expecting everything all at once when these consoles came out. And you know what? That's fine. I mean, with the, with the advent of, like, social media, people were expecting, and then, you know, you, you go to these events, and you see, like, E3. It's like, yeah, winners, you know, holiday season, where are my games? And stuff's getting pushed back. And, like, I can see why people are getting, like, a little annoyed where, you know what? I didn't pay $400 for a PS4 just to play indie games that came out on the PC last year or on my Vita last year. Like, I appreciate yeah. that cash and yes well, I mean yeah that, that, that we're getting basically just prettier versions of games that have been out for several years and not and you know give me my give me my uncharted 
Five. What else we got here? I think... Oh, let's talk about E3 for a second. So they finally put out the full schedule for E3 for all the conferences and all that fun stuff. Yeah, we... Sorry, go ahead. I've got the list here if you want to run through it. It's basically like, um, you know, in years past, um, the schedule's been pretty much the same. It's always been kind of the same order of, uh, of companies going. Uh, obviously, this year's a little different because we've got a lot of new conferences that are kind of joining the fray. Uh, you know, so it's going to be a big year because, you know, there's, uh, you know, three new conferences that are joining this year. So that's a lot. Basically, on Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, we're going to have to book it on Sunday because we have to go check in, you know, take care of all that stuff, and then go to a conference that night. So it's going to be a lot. Um, basically, to go down the E3 schedule for this year, um, we've got Sunday, June 14th. We've got Bethesda, which will be uh, Sunday night. We've got Microsoft starting at 9.30 slash 12.30. Uh, EA at 1 p.m. slash 4 p.m. Uh, Ubisoft at 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, 3 p.m. slash uh, 6 p.m. And Sony, 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Uh, you know, the Monday lineup, that's that's how it's always been. It was, it was the same as last year. So that's not a surprise that uh, there's kind of that order that goes to it. And then uh, June 16th is... Uh, so June 16th is the first official day of E3 when the pre- when the show is open. So you'll have the show floor and all the, the exhibitors and all that. Um, there are going to be some, uh, some conferences that day, mostly stream stuff. Uh, so we've got Nintendo doing uh, a digital event uh, at 9 slash 12 p.m., uh, so that'll be their their big uh, Nintendo Direct for E3 that they've done. They started doing for the last uh, two years now is when they started doing all the, the directs for E3. Like locked on a venue, it's just all their own little studio doing that. Doing no, it's great. And, and streams is great. The, yeah, good thing, because aside from that, they also do their live Treehouse broadcast, which is basically, uh, so you can actually go and watch them uh, at E3. Uh, they do it in their, their, uh, their area where they're being broadcast live. Um, where they'll do demos, they'll show off games, you know, during the show. So the good thing is that with that, they can kind of like keep the, the excitement building over the course of the whole show rather than just do it in one conference like everyone else, um, which is cool. And it's kind of unique to them. Uh, so then we've got Square Enix doing their first ever conference at 10 a.m. slash 1 p.m. Uh, and then we've got the f- uh, first ever PC gaming show at 5 p.m. Uh, yeah, so that's also that's um, going to be sort of a collection of different uh, you know people involved, mainly with PC gaming. But I know like Cliffy B is going to be there f- uh, on behalf of his company, Bosky Stu- uh, Productions. Um, yeah, Blizzard will be there, obviously. Uh, Obsidian Entertainment, so Paradox. Um, so a lot of PC-focused companies will be there showing off probably hardware, I'm sure, a good mix of games. Um, but yeah, I'm curious about that. That That's probably the, the anomaly since one seems like it's going to be more of a mix of like hardware and software stuff. So we'll see yeah. what happens. And we'll do, yeah, and we're, we're going to have a special shotcast before we fly off to E3, the, uh, the E3 prediction show where uh, I get Joel on here and he... Uh, <laughs> what, you don't want Joel on here? <laughs> Joel, Joel just, uh, he's just going to predict the show, basically. To try and do some kind of like reaction, like video or podcast or something like that, just so we can get out some quick sort of reactions on the fly after the event, uh, after it happens. So, yeah. my first E3, so we're going to do a, a ton of like really dumb nonsense on video, which is going to be fun. Like, uh, yeah. George versus E3, we're going to see who wins. Yeah. This guy wins. Right. George and Ryan take E3. And, uh, and like I said, uh, you know, stay tuned the week prior to E3 so we'd have our prediction show and we figure out like. I, I, you know, I definitely want to do the E3 prediction show and then see what 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 actually happens. Like Fallout 4 finally gets announced, and then we're like, nope, it didn't. It was Fallout Online, and it looks like crap. But um, is uh, disagreeing with you there. It is not the idea of a Fallout Online. 
Uh, Ryan, what the hell are the Nintendo World Championships, and why do I have to go to Best Buy for them? What's that? Sorry? <laughs> what are yeah. the Nintendo World Championships? Ah, yes. Uh, so, uh, one of the uh, big surprise... I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. So, anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> back, um, the Nintendo World Championships... Uh, which was the uh, which was an event they originally did 25 years ago, uh, but since then they have not uh, they have not had it uh, in between then. So basically, it's a big uh, big tournament uh, where they uh, so Nintendo announced this a couple like a week or two ago during the direct, and then uh, earlier this week they released the uh, the qualifying uh, locations and details. So basically, at uh, eight location, uh, Best Buy retail stores uh, across the country. Uh, Nintendo will be having uh, sort of qualifying mat- uh, events, uh, so they're going to be limited to 750 people uh, at each location. Uh, so to run those off really quickly, they will be in San Francisco, California, Torrance, California, Miami, Florida, Schaumburg, Illinois, uh, Maple Grove, Minnesota, uh, Long Island City, New York, Dallas, Texas, and Tacoma, Washington. So they're pretty spread out between the, the east, the west, the south, and the, you know, the everywhere in between, but... Uh, there's only eight, so if you want to go and qualify for the Nintendo World Championships, you might have to do some traveling. Um, but basically, uh, they'll be hosting them on May 30th, uh, and the qualifying competition will feature the Champion Ultimate NES Remix game for Nintendo 3DS, uh, which, if you've not played that before, basically it's just a collection of uh, almost like WarioWare, if you've ever played those. Uh, it's basically short little mini games that are fo- uh, themed around Nintendo games, so it's like, hey, you know, run through the first level of Super Mario Brothers as fast as you can, or, like, you know, uh, beat a level of Dr. Mario in 30 seconds, like, things like that. So, basically, it'll just be a little, like, it'll do, they'll do competitions in uh, score-based challenges in Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Dr. Mario. Um, so, basically, it'll probably just be, like, whoever can get the highest score or beat it in the fastest time, you know. Um, so, the top scores from each of the eight uh, we'll move on to the final event, and then Nintendo will also select another eight, uh, another eight competitors that they'll reveal at a later time. Uh, and those people will compete at the Nintendo World Championships uh, at E3. So it's cool; they'll get to go to E3 and the event, and it'll be all, it'll be fun. So I wonder if it's going to be like that old championship tournament where they gave you that really unique uh, NES cartridge that I think is right now sitting at like Video Games New York at like twenty five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, there's like I think some of those cartridges are sell for like a hundred thousand dollars. They are extremely extremely rare. Uh, the conference, yeah, because the what they did was in the original one they had that gold uh, cartridge that had all the games and stuff they competed with on there, but they're extremely rare and very valuable. So, uh, so yeah, um, but yeah, obviously it's 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 fun. It's it's nice. Um, you know, it, it kind of piggies back, I think, a little bit off of what they did last year, which was they did a big uh, Smash Brothers tournament uh, during, and I think uh, during E three mainly. Um, so it's nice that they're kind of bring they're doing something similar to that vein and getting the community involved and, and all that. Uh, I know. I, I heard the podcast is running along. We're like suddenly just bored to tears. All right, <laughs> all right, Ryan. We're gonna wrap it up and go. What what are you, what are you playing this week? What is happening? Are you wishing? Uh, I, I have been playing a little bit of The Witcher 1, not The Witcher 3, unfortunately, as much as I want to play it. But uh, I want to catch up on those before I get to 3. Um, I did actually play a lot. I finished uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 on PS4. Uh, I went through the campaign on that and replayed it, so I had a good good time playing that. Um, but I'm good. I, I definitely was like, I just, the the first person, some of the controls were a little awkward, in the, especially the shooting and the running, I felt like, were a little weird. Because like, it doesn't control like a normal first person shooter. It's still. It's, shooter. it still has. 
Yeah, it still has GTA controls just in the first person. And GTA, I'm not really as big a fan of the controls of GTA in general. Like, I just think they are a little, like, clunky and a little weird. Like, you know, but uh, at first person doesn't help that. But it was cool to get to, like, especially when you're driving and you're going, like, 100 miles or Like, it is, like, it is freakishly fast about how like mirrors and games are actually like really uh uh asset intensive like in order to properly do reflect reflections and things like that of like a, a, in game so that's why like they tend to like cheat it a little bit like in most games where they do mirrors but anyway uh i'll move on just like no we're just it, turning the camera around and putting it here like basically yeah it's like a reflection because it would be way too much of a uh, like an asset res- of a resource you know for the game but anyway um, so I played through that. Uh, I started a little bit of The Witcher 1 on PC. Um, and then uh, there was something else. Oh, I also been playing a little bit of, uh, to go through my backlog a little bit, I was playing uh, Enslaved, uh, an Odyssey to the West. <laughs> I played it, and it was on my... Uh... What's that? It's a good game. Yeah, it's good so far. I'm I'm like maybe two or three hours in, so I'm a pretty pretty good deal of the way through, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's It's been fun. Um, Ninja Theory, right? Yeah, Ninja Theory, yeah. They, that was what they did before uh, DMC. Coming up, actually, this week, um, I'm going to be, after this podcast, uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Life is Strange Episode 3. I'm going to do that next. And then I also started jumping a little bit back into Destiny for the uh, House of Wolves expansion. Joystick with George is coming from break. I guess I took a mid-season, uh, <laughs> at a mid-season finale a couple of weeks ago, so now I'm going to go uh, maybe play some Convoy, maybe show some Witcher 3, and you are just... Losing it today, buddy. What is wrong with you? And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Like um, more Witcher, and then uh, you know, some random weird indie games. That'll be fun. But, They're always fun. Uh, but yeah, this was the a Shockcast episode two oh six. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. And I was George, and oh my god, ah! Ah, puppies! Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.